Good afternoon, Cape Cod and the Islands. Welcome back to episode 39 of the Cape Cod Sportscast. Uh, it is Friday, October 19th. Yes, the Red is. Sox are in the World Series. David Price has the monkey off his back. Six innings. Nine strikeouts. Nine strikeouts. No walks. Three, three hits. You know, I've seen a lot of great performances, and I'm not going to say this is bloody sock game level, but this was an upper tier postseason yeah. win by a Red Sox pitcher. I would say just below that tier of folklore level, I mean, but en- enough stuff that gets you remembered. Like, I'm not sure, is it the the J.D. Drew Grand Slam against Cleveland? The $14 million Grand Slam? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it that? Like, is it where, I'm not sure where that falls. You know, the Ortiz home run, I think, is up in the you know, upper echelon. Yeah. With the, the stolen uh, bases Tory at the Hunter very top. In. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, of course. Dave Roberts. Um, you know, it is definitely one that we're going to remember a long time. I mean, when you think, let's be honest, there was very little pressure on the Red Sox last night. If there was ever a time where David Price could win a game that in, a, was it. in a quote-unquote big spot, this was the opportunity. But, it was the smallest of the big spots. But, I, man, talk about pounding the strike zone. Yes. And he yep. pitched. He was smart. He moved things around. He was high. He was low. He bore down on guys. He attacked hitters, and that's what I love yeah. is he went at guys. And that, that lineup for Houston is legit. No, up and down, it can get you. And what I loved about him is that, you know, you talk about his mental fragility in the playoffs and maybe throughout the, his tenure with the Red Sox. But, you know, after he would spot – like, I remember, I forget who it was, but he spotted a uh, strikeout, strike three call in the bottom corner, just pinpoint right in the K zone. It was like a two-seam fastball called strike three and he kind of turns around and looks out to that center field camera and kind of like nods his head a little bit. Yeah. You could tell he had that confidence, that little bit of swagger about him, which, you know, in between all the, like the deep breaths and him kind of fidgeting and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. taking the hat off, wiping the sweat off his brow, which was plenty of that. But I thought that was a good sign from sports fans perspectives. Yeah, the only he, time he comfortable. The only time I got a tiny bit nervous was when he had that, I want to say it was, it was either inning four or five. He's going against Guriel. And there was a long at bat where he just could not put him away. You know, it was 0 2 forever. And then Guriel takes a couple balls and finally wins it. I think he hit a double to left. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right there, I was like, oh, no, is, you know, is yep. it over? And, but he came back and got out of the inning and then really seemed to get stronger. And personally, what was he at 93 pitches at the end of six? I would have let him go one more. But, you know, you take that six innings and. Yeah, and you get you know the the, the three run bomb by Raphael Devils Devers if you want to call it a home run I think that that was kind of like a you know little league home run in that short porch in left field there but that gives you so much room to breathe at that point you go one you know one zero lead you're going pitch for pitch with Verlander you're just kind of waiting for that David Price mistake to happen and, and what, that cushion didn't you know and what a kind break of Martinez out. got because I'm sorry that pitch before he hit the home oh run, he was out yeah that was strike three yeah and that wasn't even close how that was called the ball you know he hit strike four over the wall yeah but you know the Red Sox throughout this series which you know Red Sox fans aren't really used to this. I know we've won three World Series and all that stuff, but we're still not mentally, you know, used to be in the team that gets breaks. Yeah, and I think it's it's my generation and older. You know, I think the generation yeah. just after me probably doesn't have that same amount of uh, built-in Shatten sports Shattenfroy where yeah. you're just expecting the worst. You kind of enjoy that a little bit too. You, like, I kind of feed off that negativity. Well, a little the eight-six game the other night that was back and forth. This whole series, I mean, it was so tight and back and forth. 
it was the first time in a long time where I felt myself 1,000% emotionally invested. Same thing with, with the Yankees series. There's something about this team. It's a likable group of guys. Sure, you know, that yeah. That outfield, you know, I love that outfield. It's going to be great. It's going to be interesting, though. Jackie Bradley Jr., ALCS MVP, of course. Three hits. With, with three hits. He's hitting a you know, robust 200 on the series. Uh, Timing but, in life is everything, Wes. But he's going to uh, – no, absolutely, right? That's the definition of it right there. But, you know, he's going to be sitting down game three, game four – because you got to play J.D. Martinez in the field. Like, you're not Probably. sitting him with the, with the no D.H. So, again, you know, you're losing that little bit of a bat there. Yeah, and the problem is, too, is that that's not a guy that you necessarily want to use as a pinch hitter. You know, right. Because Moreland is probably a better option, um, you know. But although he's been nicked up, you true. know. So, and then the way that, you know, Jackie Bradley has been kind of hitting the ball, I think even some of those loud ground outs that he had last night, you know, were, were good at bats. I think yeah. he's been grinding out of bats a little bit more. But. It was funny. I was thinking about it. Like, I knew – I think it was pretty much predetermined that Jackie was going to be the MVP just yeah. based on, you know, the grand slam and the other home run and, you know, the nine ribs. But put him aside – who else would you have chosen? Because it really was a team effort, and I have a hard time thinking of who else was the guy in this the, series. The two guys that come to mind is Nathan Evaldi or Raphael Devil, Devers. Okay. I have a tough time saying Devers. I, I want to go Devers. Evaldi yeah. was fantastic, you know, yeah. but, again, he only had the one start. Came off the bench last night right. and really pitched great. Inning and a third or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. But there was no – it was really a team effort from top to bottom because, like Ben Attendee was, you know, the last out of the series with great play. Right. The game, the catch he made to Rob Bregman to end Game Four, if you know, if he decides to let that ball drop, it's a tie game. Right. And if yep. it gets by him, they probably lose because probably you know, I would guess that all three runs score on that play because it's going all the way to the wall. He made an amazing catch and that won the game. And, man, I'll tell you what, Bregman, he is the Brad Marchand of Major League Baseball. You know, I think he's getting a little too much hype. You know, like, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but I felt like every time, like, a ball was hit to him at, at third base, and, you know, what you would kind of consider a routine play, oh, my God, the play by, by you know, Bregman, yeah. Alex Bregman, Alex not Andrew Bregman. Bregman. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God, he's fantastic. Isn't this guy going to be the next guy? That we, like, all right, that's great. I in the field, he wrote a he, he wrote a check that his butt couldn't catch. Well, that was true, and he's one. Of, he's a young guy who loves to spout off, and sometimes when you spout off, it comes back to bite you in the butt. Yeah, but uh, no, he is a fantastic baseball player. Yeah, he's and, good. Uh, it was just the the love and the adoration for him. I just thought was you know a little it is overkill. You know how it is. The the media loves guys who actually have personality. Yeah. Why does David Price catch as much crap as he does? You know because he's cantankerous. Yeah. You know, Bregman, like on, good word. it is a good word. That's yeah. a five cent word. You can yeah. use that later. Um, <laughs> but somebody like, you know, Bregman, who is, you know, more gregarious and outgoing and, you know, he gets the benefit of the doubt. I thought, you know, as the series went on, I was always afraid when he came to the plate. But if you think about it, he didn't have very many big hits. No, he didn't really do much. And they pitched around him, too. But a lot of that, you know, where he's been hitting the ball so well and that kind of. I think this, the media kind of plays into this and building up that lore about him. Guys pitching around, he extends that you know on base streak just almost by default because no one's giving him, him anything to hit. So yeah. it's, it's kind of inflated. It's kind of like you know when you think of Barry Bonds back in the day when he was all roided up and they had like a 750 on Wait, base percentage. Barry Bonds cheated? Oh, yeah. You gotta yeah you gotta check Google or something. Oh wow. Yeah, that's it's worth a click. Well, but I thought those home runs didn't. What? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. 
I, I didn't mean spoiler alert. Oh, I didn't mean man. to throw that off on you there. <laughs> I had there. no idea. Uh, but the Dodgers, uh, I, I would say, would be the likely coming out of the, uh, yeah, the NLCS so. there. Yeah. The Brewers would be interesting. I think that would be – I think League everyone baseball. wants yeah. MLB, you know, Boston, L.A. Yeah, that would be probably what's best for business. But I think, you know, this was their toughest opponent. I think this was kind of the World Series, if you ask me. And then I think, it very well could have been, of course, would have been better for Rich if they had lost yesterday. It's true, but the, the door is still open. Let's just say that when you put the World World Series in front of tickets, people come out of the woodwork. And oh, they, yeah. So you got bumped. We may have. And oh, no. I may be rooting for that series to go six. Well, that guy should uh, probably make sure his cars aren't, you know, his car's we'll tires see. aren't slashed well, or he's missing an engine or something like that. If I don't like get that. to go, it won't be the end of the world. But yeah. It, I was really, really excited to go to Game Six tomorrow night. Oh well, you know, you'll, we'll get the comforts of uh, you know covering some high school football instead. How's that? That's, That's a nice a great consolation segue. there, right? I was right? wondering how we were going to do that. There we go. I, I kind of weaved it right in there. I don't think that was too too shoehorned. No, in. that was pretty good. I, I, I liked it. Uh, so let's start. Let's start with the you know best team in the state right now as far as uh, current win streaks go. The Mashpee Falcons. They pushed their win streak to. 26, Wade Boggs. 26, very nice number there. They're 6-0 in the year. They have their toughest game of the season going on the road to St. Mary's, a 4-2 team, currently number three in the Division Seven North's playoff system. This is a rematch of the 2017 state semifinal game. Yes, sir. And uh, St. Mary's is coming off a loss, 27-20 yeah, against Archbishop Williams. Yeah, that definitely caught me by surprise. Um, a home loss, no less. Yeah, Archbishop Williams... Was Two kind and of, four, of them, yeah, yeah, floundering, you know, most of the season, and then they go up to St. Mary's to the Manning Bowl, and you know, and pull one out. It was a very close. They were up by like, oh my gosh, I think it was around twenty-one to six at halftime, and just held on in the end. But they found a way to beat St. Mary's. It's going to be interesting for the Falcons. That is not a fun road trip to take. You know, going all the way up to Lynn. Will you be partaking? I know I, you got two big uh, road trips that no, you can choose from. No, I decided from. on the other one. Okay. Um, so yeah, they're going up there. It's going to be. It's going to be a test. Last year, Mashby ends up beating them in the semifinals. I believe the final was twenty-eight to twenty. Uh, Devon Ford carried the rock thirty-six times in that game. Went for like two fifty-four, a couple of touchdowns. And it was an all-out war, one of the best high school football games I've covered in a long, long time. And we were just talking how the ALCS was kind of the the World Series this yeah, year. Yeah, that was kind of the case. Last year was more like the yeah. Super Bowl. Although that Blackstone Valley team made it a game at the end. They, yeah, they did. But having seen both, yeah, I never had a doubt that Mashpee was beating Blackstone Valley. That St. Mary's game. There were moments where I was like, man, these guys are really good. Yeah. Um, they have graduated, you know, some big-time players coming up. To, uh, first of mine would be, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson. Not Megatron. But, okay. You know, I was going to say, he he's would, made a big jump if yeah. that's the case. <laughs> but, uh, high school football to NFL retirement. Yeah. You know. so, <laughs> <laughs> so that was a fast forward. Yeah, um, yeah. So Echeverria is probably their best running back, and he – Help them make the comeback against Archie's that came up short. Uh, Mashby's going to be, you know, focusing in on him. The big thing for Mashby this week, Tyler Cuzo, um, may be cleared. I know he practiced this week. I don't know if he'll play, but Cuzo had brain surgery. Oh my God! Earlier, he plays what? He's for... a corner. Okay. Uh, which has been a 
you know, the, a point of concern for them since he went, you know, out to have his surgery, uh, had a tumor that was causing him to have hearing loss. No, no kidding. Um, I, I'm in the similar boat. That happened to me in high school. Is yeah. he a junior? He is a senior. Oh, I was going to say that happened my junior year. So they thought that he was going to be out for the rest of the year, but he's supposed to play. It's funny. We had a feature all set to go to run on him this week about how basically how much does it suck that you lose your seat. You know, he played three games and then Mm -hmm. was going to miss his senior season. That had to go in the scrapper because at the last minute we found out, oh, Tyler got cleared. Okay, well, that's good. That's awesome news. So, Congratulations yeah, to him. That's better news than you know actually playing football. I think off the field, it's better I, news. You know, but. great kid. He he's um, kind of flies under the radar because he's been throughout his career. He's been Devon Ford's number one backup. Sure. You know, he plays corner, so not exactly a glory position in that defense. You mm-hmm. know, where it's so linebacker specific, safety, um, you know, dominant. But he's a good football player. And he gives them an emotional lift being back. Um, and he gives them a lift, you know, on the field. Because, like I said, the corner positions have been a bit rough. And Mashby, when they've been beaten, they've been beaten down the field on big plays. And so, when you have Devon Ford on one side, you're well, likely Devon, going on well, the Devon other side. Devon is right? more of a safety. Oh, okay. But, okay. You know, but the thing is, is that a safety, if you have a quarterback who knows how to play the position – you can freeze that safety with a look to the left, and then you go right. Just if at you, this level. Which is the quarterbacks they've seen that have yeah. been able to beat them down the field, the Abington, the Cohasset, quarterbacks who can actually play. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And we've harped on this in the past where there's just that level of, you know, there are the guys who are all about option one, and if that first read's not there, they're either taken off or thrown out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And then there are the guys who have that next level. Um, that next piece to their game. Does St. Mary's have that? To be determined. Yeah. You know, I didn't see enough tape on them. To, uh, they, to me, they look more run heavy. Um, last year, they were definitely more of a run and check down type of offense. They had big play guys who could turn those check downs into big plays, mm-hmm. a la Calvin Johnson and Echeverria. So we'll see. St. Mary's a very good team. The road trip is probably – just a minuscule step below having to go to Nantucket. Okay. But this is a team that went to Nantucket, not playing as tough a you know competition. Yeah. I think the winning streak is definitely on the line tonight. Who wins? Prediction. Well, how do you you know me? I always ride the streaks, so yep. I'm gonna say Mashby. Well, you got to prove it to me, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Show me. Yep. So I think Mashby will find a way, um, but I think it's gonna be a war, and I really am looking forward to watching the tape, be it tomorrow or Sunday. All right. You know, um, it's going to be it'll, – it'll be interesting. But those Falcons have been doing a great job all year. So, y- until they lose – Yeah, you know, I think if any teams are in the benefit of the doubt, it's them at this point, absolutely. right? You give them – yeah. So, uh, let's let's move on to the uh, other undefeated team in our region. It's the Falmouth Clippers, who – the game that you'll be at, traveling to Northeast Ham for a big uh, Atlanta Coast League game against Nasa, who is 4-2. and two. Uh, right now, Falmouth is number one in the, in the Division Five South playoff rankings, while Nasa is uh, firmly in number five, Division Four South. So I don't imagine uh, they would lose any serious playoff ground with a loss, but Nasa can claim uh, a share, <coughs> excuse me, of the ACL with a win. Falmouth can win it outright. Uh, both teams right now are two and one, or no? No, Nasa is two and one. Yeah, Falmouth's three and zero. Oh. Yes. Uh, yeah, th- you know. <laughs> 
funny, Wes, when I first looked at this game on the uh, on the schedule, mm-hmm. I thought, hey, that's good from Falmouth. You know, kind of like having a, a bye week six. Not so much, right? Yeah, then, then yeah. I started watching the tape, and, you know, first of all, Nosset definitely has the best uniforms in the ACL. Oh, yeah, great, great. The yellow and black and white, it's and great the, combo. You know, kind of like very uh, Michigan Wolverine-ish with yeah. that helmet. I mean, hands off to I mean, hats off to them. Those they do it are, right. Those yellow jerseys are fire. You'll see them tonight, right? I think I think they wear the whites on the road. Yeah, so it'll be the yellow jerseys with the black pants. I mean, those are some sweet, sweet uniforms. Um, on tape, man, I'll tell you, I was watching them. You saw them in person last week, yeah. And may, I don't know because they they don't play a very difficult schedule. We'll be upfront with that. Their schedule so far has been pretty soft. The only team on it that really stands out is. Dennis Yarmouth and Dennis Yarmouth handled them pretty easily, but the win against Marshfield, I think, is you know has some legitimacy behind it, even with a down Marshfield team this year. Yeah, and that picked up some steam because Marshfield finds a way to beat Dy last right. week on the Hail Mary. Doesn't mean the same as you know if it came the last three years, but exactly. I think there is some validity to it. But they've got some football players, yeah, and uh, you know Van Vleck, I believe he wears number four, he plays linebacker and uh, running back for yeah. them. At linebacker, I absolutely love him. He plays kind of on the uh, weak side, and he loves to get after the quarterback. He is a uh, havoc wreaker. Um, Bobby Joy, the quarterback, you know, good two-way threat. He can throw mm-hmm. the ball down the field, and he knows when to, you know, keep it on the on the RPO stuff. He can turn in some big plays. We've seen lately Falmouth has not been – as clean defensively, they've given up, you know, like three touchdowns each of the last week. I think they've mm-hmm. scored six each of those weeks, but um, they can be scored on. They can be moved on a little bit. They're a tad banged up. We don't know if we're going to see a full game out of Colby Davis tonight. If he'll play one side or both sides, he is their best linebacker. Um, you know, they're, uh, Jacob Murphy didn't play last week, or maybe actually Murphy may be their best linebacker now that I think about it. Um, he had a shoulder thing. Won't play, you know, will he play on offense? Same thing. Will he play fullback? Will he play linebacker? They've mm-hmm. got some questions. they got some other guys who are a little banged up. So we'll see what they have going into tonight. Falmouth, though, so many weapons, you know, and they have done such a great job of employing them. Kyle Cardoza getting a lot more involved in that passing attack. I'm sure that's what you want to see late in the season when you have team, you know, teams that may be a little bit more beat up and you have the luxury of kind of keeping that guy in the cage, so to speak, until this point, and you can kind of rumble out a 6'4", 220-pound, whatever, you know, whatever he is, tight end, yeah. to kind of you know beat up a, maybe a weaker team. Well, and they've been lining him up outside a lot lately, which is so smart at the high school level because usually that is where the – you know, the coaches like to put their quick guys who aren't necessarily big. Who aren't going to have to make as many tackles. You kind of hide them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and so now you got that, you know, 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", guy who's maybe 160 pounds going against 6'4", 240, you know, Adonis-looking right. who, oh, also runs pretty well and has yeah. great hands. And from a you know triple option perspective, to have that sort of guy out there throwing out blocks – that's a yeah. whole nother level sealing off the edge like that. Absolutely. So there's a reason that Falmouth's had so many home runs this year, and he's a big part of it. I think Falmouth finds a way. I think they're going to, you know, they'll run this regular season clean. But Nossett is going to give them a game, and this is going to be closer than a lot of people think. I'm thinking we're looking at a 
thirty to twenty type of game. Yeah, and from from Nas's perspective, like you had mentioned, I'd got a chance to go and see them against Sandwich. I'm not sure if this was so much of a pro- proponent of going up against a down Sandwich team this year, or that Nas it was really as good as they looked on that Decanto Stadium there. But Bobby Joy, thirteen of fourteen passing, two hundred and sixty nine yards, two passing TDs, you know, two hundred yards before halftime. Uh, was able to kind of do whatever he wanted. Didn't even really have to run the ball, which is kind of how I saw him as like an RPO type of guy. Yeah. But didn't even have to do that that much. You know, Will Van Vleck had 100 yards rushing, more than three touchdowns. But the guy I kind of came way impressed with was uh, Joy's number one option. He's wide receiver number two, uh, Tate Sidewand. I think I'm pronouncing that yeah, name that right. Yeah, that name. I didn't even bother trying to say that yeah. name because I looked at it and I was like, uh, I don't know what that is. Yes, yeah, so he's seven receptions, 136 yards, one touchdown. Did an awesome job of finding the space when Sandwich was going zone. He finally kind of sat down in the pocket. It reminded me so much of kind of like a Wes Welker, Julian Edelman type who just – kind of was able to read what the defense was giving him, find that open hole, and obviously him and Joy have such a good connection. Now, again, I don't know how much that comes up against a, you know, a, a really good, impressive Falmouth defense. Maybe they find those holes a little bit more. Maybe those holes close up that were there against Sandwich. I don't know. I expect this to be with a lot on the line from Nossett's perspective. I know, you know Falmouth obviously wants to win the game, yeah. but it means less if they lose, I think, than Nossett does for winning. I, I, I hear where you're coming. I think NASA, this is a kitchen sink game. You're throwing yeah. everything yeah, at exactly. Them, and it's their homecoming, and, you know, they're, they are not a bad club. I, it's really probably going to come down to can Falmouth cover, you know, the you know the deep ball, and are they able to get enough push, uh, push from their uh, line? There are a couple big bodies on that NASA line. Yeah. I, again, it's hard to gauge how good they are because of what the competition is. So, right, and right. in the same way, they haven't gone up against a defense like Falmouth. Now, no, perfectly. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't know what that Sharon team was like. We were looking at them before the show. They're one in five. Their only win on the year is that seven, six win, you know, to open the season against Nossett, but they've played Wareham, which is a down year, you know, Sandwich, which is having a down year. You know, Marshfield, DY, is down. Marshfield are quality games, but yeah. Marshfield's down as well. It's going to be I, – I really think that this – my big reason, other than the fact that I really didn't want to drive through the city on a Friday night. Yeah, well, that's – I think that's usually enough of a good reason. <laughs> but, I, you know, it really came down to that there's just a lot on the line tonight for both sides. You know, yeah. Well, Falmouth guarantees themselves that one seed. Right, and right. You, and the great thing about that is you don't go neutral site until the semifinals, until crossovers. So you would have three straight home games if you get that one seed. Yeah. Um, it makes Rich's life very difficult because Mashby <laughs> also is going to have the one seed. But going up Route 28 is a lot better than, you know, the alternative. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's going to be a fun football game tonight. Um, you've seen both teams. What do you, if you had to pick a winner? Yeah, I actually – well, I've only seen Falmouth in practice and stuff. So, yeah, you know, true. I, again, I, I'm kind of on the same page as you, you know, to kind of piggyback off what you are saying. I think it's a tightly played game. I think there's a lot on the line here for both teams. I think Falmouth comes out, though. On top. Yeah. Yeah. One-score game, maybe, you know, 10 points, something along those lines. But, um, yeah, I see Falmouth coming out on top, regardless of their injuries at this point. Uh, another game, as we get, you know, later in the season here with Week 7 um, – you know, a lot of games are going to have a lot of implications towards the playoffs here. 
this game, none more than others. I'll be at this game tonight. It's Bourne four and two hosting a Pontiquit, which is th- three and three right now. Bourne slipped to number seven in the D seven South after a nineteen to sixteen loss to uh, Seekonk on the road. That's a tough one there. Uh, that is a tough one, especially because they, they were mounting a comeback and kind of ran out of time there. Uh, but a Pontiquit's um, number eight right now in the D six South. Uh, they are coming off a 20-19 comeback victory against uh, Somerset Berkeley. Uh, and right now the playoffs on the line for both teams. You know, So a loss to uh, for Bourne probably sees them in the eighth seed or probably knocked out where Seekonk's number eight, Archbishop Williams is number nine. Uh, Archbishop Williams has that key win against St. Mary's even though they're two and four. Seekonk's three and three with the head-to-head winner right now. Mm-hmm. So a lot can happen right there. So that's a must-win game for Bourne. And on Aponiquit's side, a win in their end pretty much. You know, they're, with yep. the number eight seed, they can lock that up. Uh, this is the third-place game for the uh, South Coast Conference as they do their crossover between the big and the small schools. Um, so I think this is this is a pretty interesting game. Obviously, it's a bigger school in Aponiquit. They play the old Rochesters, the Dighton Rehoboths, yep. the Somerset Berkeleys. Bourne hasn't really been tested by that big of a team as far as numbers are concerned. Uh, I know they got worked like 33-6 to last year in Aponiquit during the consolation game. But again, a much different team that, that Bourne is featuring this year. Uh, the Lakers are giving up 22 points and scoring 22 points in their last three games. Bourne has uh, put up 30 points a game on average all six games this year. while only allowing 17.5, so where there are two losses... You know, they've been low-scoring affairs throughout. So I still trust this team a little bit more. Coming off of a loss, I think they're going to be even more motivated knowing what's there. This is their homecoming senior night game for them. So that will be played 7 o'clock, Jackson Field on Friday. Um, I see Bourne winning this game. You know, if, they have, if they're a team that's improved this year, which I think they have, and they have – They need this you know, one. For, yeah, for lack of a better term, if they have any balls, they're winning this game this week. Yeah. You know? Well, and the thing is, too, is if you lose, not only do you drop – Maybe out of the playoffs altogether, but if you hang on, guess what? Yeah, you get mashed for your first round. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you would behooved to win this game. Now, but if, as currently constituted, they would match up against uh, the two-seeded Case, who was also undefeated, which was their first loss of the season. Now, now, maybe you're playing with fire here, but maybe you go with the... Devil you know? Yeah, no, the devil you don't know, um, as opposed to the devil you know. Well, yeah, but if they win, they could actually leapfrog more to the six or five sure spot. sure so, which, yeah you know now you're getting to <laughs> but but if you're then you're going against having so, so it's, it's a tough stretch it's a really you know jam-packed division seven south this year to, to, in my eyes division seven south is the pound for pound yeah the best you know matchups wise you look at one to eight yeah this is the most competitive uh division i think well, top what, to bottom. and you look at born at the seven seed a four and two how many teams can other you know how many other division brackets can say that you know seven eight seed team are, is four and two coming into yeah, it? Yeah, it's know? usually the other way around. There's right. two two and fours and three and threes at the bottom. Um, no, I'm I'm rooting for Bourne, man. This team has come a long way this year. They've made some strides, and this would be a really nice one for them to lock up that tournament spot. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's just the weapons. You know, we talked about it. You know, Jack Neal as a safety valve at tight end. You got. You know Spencer Rose on the outside. You got Sean McDonough. There, there's just so many different pieces that they can go to without even getting to their running game, which I think is great. And I love the mentality that that John McIntyre is uh, deploying this year with his offensive: is go hurry up early, gas those defenses, 
uh, get a couple quick strikes, and then in the second half rely on that running game that, that maybe that defense is back on his heels at this point. So have you had a chance to talk about Aponiquit with your uh, buddies out that way to find out what Yeah, yeah, about? so we did a little exchanging of information between Born Aponiquit and, and uh, the next game we'll get to, Old Colony, Upper Cape as yeah. well. Um, but they, they've been, you know, kind of up and down. Yeah. You know, they're, they're in a lot of ways kind of similar to Bourne. A lot of these seniors had hadn't had many wins under their belt. It's been a huge rebuilding program. They've had maybe one, two wins over the last like, two years. You know, not not a whole lot to be proud of there. Um, but I think this is the year that uh, Zane Fife, I think he's a third or fourth year head coach over there at Aponiquit, has kind of really started to put some things together. And I think over their last three games, you know, they beat a down Greater New Bedford team. Um, you know, they come, they beat Somerset Berkeley. They, they did lose to Old Rochester, but everyone's lost to Old Rochester this year. They're the kind of the class of that, uh, you know, the entire SEC, I would say. Um, so, you know, they, they have a tough schedule, but I think this is a team that's going to have some fight, obviously has some motivation behind it to win this game. Sure. Uh, but I think Bourne comes out on top, and I think that the offense is just too much to deny. I say if they can get an early stop on defense, which has been their kind of thorn Achilles here this year, this year, wow. Um Born wins 32-18. Wow, two yeah. touchdowns. All right. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel this year. All right. But moving over to what I honestly think it might be one of my favorite games of uh, of the season right now or of the week. Upper Cape Old Colony? Yeah, Upper Cape Old Colony, uh, battle of two, four, and two teams. Uh, Upper Cape's right now number four in Division 8 South. Uh, Old Colony's number seven in Division 8 South, so... Uh, Upper Cape has already claimed a share of the Max Small title with a 41 to nothing win against Blue Hills last week. Uh, and then a win for Old Colony can give them a share of it. A win for Upper Cape gives it to them outright. There's also huge implications for the vocational small schools tournament. Right now, Upper Cape is in a three-way tie, currently sitting at number five with a 3-1 and one record. Uh, but so is Old Colony for that matter. They're number six and tied for the three one record. So and the, you know neither one if they win neither one is guaranteed a spot. No, but on it goes a long teams, way. Yeah, because those teams ahead of them like Essex and who? Uh, there's Essex Tech and someone else. I, I forget. Um, I don't know. It's yeah, there's a lot it. of yeah. Um, no, you, this is an interesting matchup, man. I that Upper Cape Tech team, if they take care of the football. They are very yeah. difficult to stop because that double-headed ma uh, monster of uh, Salim and uh, and Glover, yeah, and Glover. Those two kids are really, really good. Y you and I were talking beforehand. Brightman is one of my favorite players I've seen sure. this year. I don't know how much he's going to be a factor. Um, you were telling me upper, I mean, uh, Old Colony. What, three passing yards on the season? Yeah, that's without their the stats from their South Shore uh, Voketech win last week. So they but could have coming more? into last week, they could have more. They could have less too. I mean, for the, you know, there's true. so few yards there. Any catch for minus yards, or, you know, they're going into the negative. Awesome to go through the year with zero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I think you know, from what I've been told, Old Colony is a team that's going to you know really runs the ball through two players. Their offense goes through two players or two running backs. There, they don't pass the ball a whole lot. Uh, they really like to limit possessions, kind of like what Upper Cape did last year. They want to shorten the game. As Yeah, as little as possible. No team has scored more than 14 points on them. I don't think that's a product of great defense, although it certainly goes to some of sure. them. I think it's mostly because they keep the clock running, and you, there's so few possessions to be had in the game as it is. Well, yeah, because they're 10-minute quarters in uh, at that level of high school right. football, and then if you're keeping the ball on the ground and you're able to grind out those first downs – I've seen 
entire quarters on one possession before. Right. You know, like a team like Falmouth, you know, they run that triple option. And when they're going mostly fullback dive, quarterback dive, I've seen four yards, four yards, two yards. Yeah. I've seen 12 minute possessions before that, you know, eat up so much clock and you look up and you're like, wow, that, that quarter's over. Yeah. How did that happen? And and that's what it is. It's, you know, third down conversions. You know, so if you're a team that's going to be good on that third and short situations, like you said, with the fullback dives, you're picking up three, four yards a clip. Are they a wishbone? Are they, uh, Uh, that, that I couldn't tell you. Um, so that I haven't seen much tape on them. Uh, but again, you're going to see a lot of, uh, ground and pound. Yes, way. a lot of ground and pound. But the thing that I think is working in Upper Cape, uh, Upper Cape's favor is if they are limited in possessions, they have the ability to hit the big play. Salim had a 50-yard rushing touchdown, uh, one of his two on the day, pushing his streak for two two touchdowns to four straight games. He has nine on the year. Uh, Cameron Glover had a three TD game, all over 20 yards or more on those touchdowns. So they can hit that big play uh, when they need to. And I've, you know, often unheralded, but their defense has come up big, obviously, with Salim and Glover getting the recognition on offense. But their defense, as a as a whole, as a unit, has come up to play. Yeah, they got the, they have some nice players on that side of the ball, and, you know, and they're young too, so they're not graduating a whole lot. They're yeah, a year ahead of schedule. You know. Um... I just totally blanked. I had a question that, oh, was, here we go. that was very specific to this per, this well, particular you, game. You sit on that. I'm just going to fill people into this game. Also has big uh, implications for it as well. Second year head coach Ken Owen uh, has is sitting on 199 career wins as a high school coach, so he can eclipse the 200 mark right now. He currently stands at 199, 115, and five, which is good for 11th among active coaches in Mass- Massachusetts high school football history. That's awesome. So uh, he has a chance to join the 200 club. Uh, he moved up from 12th to 11th this year only because Lou Silver retired. <laughs> so, and, and the active list. That's hard to believe that Lou only had that many. I would have thought Lou had like five. Well, he had eight. He, he was tied for eighth. So I think he was like 240 wins oh, or something like that. But, but he that, moved yeah. up because that name the got active, moved off the yeah, list. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I figured out what I was going to ask you. Is there we go. It worked has out Upper perfect. Cape uh, settled in on who they're going to ride at quarterback? Are they no, going to continue he, to go? Last week they had Toby uh, in there at quarterback. Um, you know, the senior, of course, he was the incumbent coming in. He had a six-yard rushing touchdown. But, you know, Zion also connected for a couple scores with Glover, too. So, so you have to wonder, you know, at this point of the season – do you settle on one guy or do you keep going with the uh, rotation? I think if both players, you know, seem to be, you know, uh, not excelling, but contributing. operating, contributing on that side of the ball, why, you know, take a, a position player down when, you know, maybe you do operate under the assumption that we talked about last week. All right, Zion's in there. He's going to be passing the ball. Yeah. Toby's in there. He's going to be, they're going to be running the ball. But, you know, maybe that's a skill position player as a quarterback or Toby who can run the ball, who knows that offense can get a bootleg out there and that's an extra player that you have to defend you you're 11 on 10 there pretty no much, I, I agree it's just at this point of the year you wonder if you know having the consistency of a guy who is going to ru- right. read your offense but because of what happens when you bring in zion you know the defense kind of knows that they need to cover the outside a little right. more and but, but you can have the answers to the test. You know, you still got to execute at the end of the day. You know, you still got to write them down, put pen to paper. This is true. Yeah. This is true. So that, that'll be interesting. That's a Saturday game. Uh, also a homecoming game for Upper Cape Tech as well. Senior game, that sort of thing. So, so. you got double duty this weekend. Yeah, so that'll be a lot, a lot of fun, uh, which will bring me to the game that I will not be attending this week, uh, and that is 0-5 Sandwich. 
on the road against three and two Dennis Yarmouth. Uh, Sandwich sits uh, at the bottom of the Division Five South rankings at number eleven. They are in the consolation. Uh, yes, Dy is uh, clinging to a number six seed in the Division Five South. So they are coming off a twenty-five to twenty-three two-point come from behind last second road loss to Marshfield. Which I don't, I don't know if you None sh- of us saw, saw those. that coming. What, did you see like the replay? I, I didn't think watch Marshfield it, no. TV does a pretty good job. Oh, of, Marshfield uh, TV is amazing. Yeah. those guys are great. So I, it was a, it was a great play. Yeah. It was very nice to see. Yeah, and, and uh, Sandwich, as we mentioned before, uh, is coming off a forty-two to six home loss against Nosset. Uh, the bright spot there was that Cam Lopes got the cast removed from his right ha- right arm. So on his uh, homecoming game, he started back at quarterback. He completed 12 for 23 passes, 167 yards, had a TD and an interception and 90 rushing yards. So he was most of the, uh, if not all of uh, the sandwich offense. Um, Good game for Patrick Wordy. He had a 28-yard touchdown. Again, that was in the second half when the game was already, it was 28-0 by halftime. Tim Ladner, six reception, 87 yards. Pretty good game for him. I, I really liked what I saw from him. But again, not enough weapons. They seem to be really banged up right now. I think they're, you know, got a little bit of the injury bug going around. And they can't stop anybody. And again, we talk about their wins coming in the consolation they, round. This yeah, year. they need to really not worry so much about this one. You know, Dennis Yarmouth, especially after losing last week. You know, yeah, and the blood in the water type yeah, of situation. They, if yeah, you're they're D-line. coming uh, all barrels blazing. So get ready for the consolation round and try to get yourselves, you know, straightened out and give something to look forward to next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is when I think we we talked about this a little bit last week, but you start building stuff for 2019 in this consolation round late in the year for yeah. right now, right? I mean, and they need to hope that Mashby loses this week because if Mashby wins this week, there's very good chance that they'll be undefeated going into Thanksgiving, and there's something that means they'll play the starters enough to win the game. Oh yeah, because they would want to go out. You know, riding that win streak, which I, I don't blame him on. But, again, you're, you're assuming playoff wins. And I, I know Mashby has earned the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're also assuming playoff wins. I, I know. <laughs> I, it's just I've I've read this book before. You I know? understand. <laughs> I know? understand. And in, it, until I see differently, I'm, yeah. I'm expecting that you and I are going to be, you know, uh, have duty at, uh, at Fox in Gillette. More smug fan base. Mashby Falcons or the New England Patriots? Where you're just expecting oh, the win come out all the time? The no? Patriots, yeah. Yeah. Do, do Mashby fans even show up for the home? Like, do they have anyone at the, at the games for October? Do they just wait until... The whole game? Well, yeah, they only... They just Mashby's wait until the playoffs? Mashby's only had two home games. Yeah, yeah. So why even show up? Don't show up. Just oh, they, wait, we're just no, waiting actually, for the playoffs. They, None of these you, games You know matter. what I like about Mashby? Um, they travel. Do they do? Yeah, yeah, like the Abington game... They had a nice crowd for the Appington game. Okay, right. know, I like, like that. The student okay. body actually goes too. So nice. Okay, um, Mashby has. I'm just giving them a hard time. No, I gotta say Mashby, and you saw it uh, when they went to the Garden. I mean, of course, everyone's gonna go to the Garden. But, sure. Um, you know, they have and when they're re- sending a school bus up there too. I'm sure that. Yeah, was the they case, have right? a really good uh, fan base at Mashby High. I like those kids. They're uh, they're very positive, and they they get behind their their. Uh, their teammate or the classmates. It's pretty good over there. Okay. All right. Well, any, anything else you want to wrap up on uh, the high school uh, football front? No, I think we have exhausted week se- uh, seven. Yeah. Week seven. Wow. Yeah, that's it. All right. So let's, uh, let's segue over to some NFL action. Yeah. So last week uh, I did not have your record, but I know Three, uh, one and one. mine was uh, oh, four and one. Yeah. Uh, that was not a strong showing uh, on we the Wesley the Sykes front. Game. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it was minus three. They win by three. Yeah. Uh, but I had my paper 
my paper prediction correct, so I was happy about that. Uh, that was pretty nice. I was very close on the score. Yes. But I I took Kansas City because I ride streaks. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, there, there it goes. If that's the overarching theme to this episode. Yeah. You're a streak rider. I <laughs> Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> Not sure what that was supposed to mean. But no, you me it. neither. Yeah, yeah. But that's all right. Um, okay, so NFL picks. We'll start with the Patriots. They go on the road to a 3-2 and two Chicago Bears team. Uh, New England is getting three point, or giving three points on the road. Chicago's coming off an overtime loss to uh, the other Brock star, Brock Osweiler. Yeah, I had a... Uh... I had three and a half was what I saw, but either oh, way, okay. it doesn't. I was looking. This was this afternoon, uh, not to timestamp it on Friday, yeah. October nineteenth at about eleven a.m. All right. So I looked uh, last night. So our, you know, day of day of picks. Yeah, yeah, all right. So well, I had to figure out what I was picking. But it, you and I, when we talked about it, I want to say I had Patriots something like. 27 13 ish or 27 uh, yeah i forget what we had for scores but down there I but the it was Patriots, in that yeah. i have them covering uh mitchell trubisky is you had the you had a very smart um take last week about how bill belichick against young quarterbacks now i don't i, I appreciate it. i'm going to accept that but that was going around too so i, yeah. I don't want to take uh, but, too much credit for no, that but that was uh, out there sure it was and we really saw in the first half that he made life difficult for Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. In the end, you know, Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill, and that game just became a track. And Kareem game. Hunt, yeah. Yeah, so, which is kind of, you know, what we expected. But because they were able to turn over Mahomes early and make him make some mistakes, that was ended up being the difference in the game. Yep. Patrick Mahomes is very good at football. Mitchell Trubisky. He's football young. Yeah, we don't know. I yeah. mean, he, athletically, he's fantastic, and he will make some plays. But I just see that the Patriots going to make life hell for him. That defense Chicago has is very good, but I don't think it's good enough to slow down the Patriots enough to be able to stop them from winning. I think the Pats handle, you know, they cover easy. Yeah, I think uh, we're in agreement there. I think the one uh, interesting note is uh, Matt Nagy, the first-year head coach, offensive coordinator. I forget what he is with the Bears there. Um, but he is a disciple of Andy Reid, runs a very similar offense, was there with uh, Kansas City, I think, last year with uh, Pat Mahomes. Similar type of quarterbacks when you're talking about um, at least prototypical styles. You know, Mahomes and Trubisky both have big arms. They both can run it. They're both young, kind of athletic quarterbacks. Mahomes, obviously, is on a different level. Um, but I think they're going to try to play the similar type of game which now you're giving Bill Belichick two weeks to prepare for a yeah. similar type of offense, uh, which I think you pick up something because Kansas City is a better well, version City's, of whatever they're yeah, trying to Kansas run. And, uh, just the personnel, if you look at all the different playmakers, you know, it's we don't know if it's Jordan Howard or Tariq Cohen who's going to be the guy running the ball. I personally think they should be feeding it to Howard and try and slow the Patriots yeah. down. But, you know, that's not the way they've gone of late. You know, what uh, – Robinson next to you know Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you know, but there's Taylor Gabriel who's who's fast. And the one thing the problem I, I would find with this Patriots defense is that they're very slow. They're and they're slow like in game slow yeah. too. You know, so Taylor Gabriel is a guy who kind of take that quote unquote top off the defense sort sort of thing. Is it, who's going to be able to stay with him? That's the equivalent I see Tyree to Tyreek Hill. Hill in this game. Um, because Allen Robinson seems more of a bigger body possession receiver, sure. which presents its own type of problems. But then you mentioned Tariq Cohen out of the backfield, who maybe can kind of play that you know poor man's Kareem Hunt role, maybe not to the same extent. 
But then uh, Trey Burton is another pretty good tight end you're going up against as well. Yeah, but again, speed, it, possession, receiver, much have, like Kelsey. Play. I really think it comes down to the fact that Trubisky is not ready for prime time. Yeah, you know, take that. Well, way. yeah, I mean, he showed up against the Bears week. I, was, I mean, the Packers week I one. Say, and he did. It, he had a six touchdown game. Yeah, I forget who that was against. Though. I'm not sure if that was quality or not. No, so. I feel pretty confident in the Patriots. Maybe I mean, the that Lions. Def- that defense is is very good for Chicago. I think they're it'll be close for a but while. But Khalil Mack is a question mark. He may yeah. not play. All right, so there you they've go. they've given up uh, like the f- second fewest rushing yards in the game. I think it'll be interesting to see how the Patriots use Sony Michelle, who's coming off three straight hundred yards from scrimmage games. He has four touchdowns in his last three games. Um, who do you pick if you're the Bears' defense to deny? Are you are you, do you have a better shot of trying to stop Brady? And, you know, kind of letting Sony Michelle get those yards? Or do you stop Sony Michelle and try to hope that, you know, you maybe catch Brady on an off day? I don't, I don't know who you, who you try to stop there. I think I'd, put, I'd allow the Patriots – I'd give them looks where they're allowed to run the ball and try to take advantage of the rookie, try to create some turnovers. Yeah. Not, you know, I don't think you want Tom Brady to pick you apart. No, that's what I'm saying. But I think it's, you know, you're going to settle out on the run either way because that's what you've been doing all year. And then, you know, you're leaving it open for the, you know, a lot of options for this offense that seems to kind of be hitting its stride at the right time. So what was your – you took the Pats. Yeah, I took the Pats minus three. Um, But now – so those are the the similar games. Actually, I don't know what you picked, so we may have some similar games here. But why don't you run down your next four? All right, so I took – Man, I've been really taking a lot of road teams lately. Yeah. I think that trend continued. I got New Orleans minus two and a half at Baltimore. Ooh, okay. You know, I, Offense over defense there. Yeah. Outside of the dome. It's on the road in it, Baltimore. Yeah, it's on turf. I know it's outside. Uh, you know, the uh, Saints are coming off the bye. And Kamara barely even played the week right. before. You know, they've got Ingram healthy. Everyone – Baltimore is a good bad team. Yeah. New Orleans is a good team. And so give me the good uh, team. Their defense is leaves more to be desired, but they, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think that New Orleans is in the top twenty five percent of the league. Yeah. I think Baltimore people are, you know they're top fifty. They're looking at what yeah. Baltimore did last week to a banged up Tennessee team. I just I, I look at who do I believe in and it's less than a field goal. I'm yeah. going New Orleans. Two uh, plus two and a half or minus two and a half minus, two, minus and two and a half, half. Okay. which was hard, you know, yeah. giving up. But it's a field goal. Yeah, then so. you figure. Yeah, no, that's you know, I think that's about yeah. as close to a pick'em as you're going to get yeah, in that exactly. situation. Uh, I got Carolina plus five at Philly. I, I was thought about this. You know, well, there, like I said, when I looked at the, I did not like a lot of games this week. Yeah. On the, there was nothing that was speaking to me. Uh, Carolina coming off a loss they need to win and philly has really been reeling and yeah. i think carolina's good enough to at least make it close i'd prefer if it were six but five you know we'll, we'll ride with it they really hurt me last week on the road against uh, washington that's yeah, they, why I, I saw that game and i'm like no it got a spite i didn't pick that yeah, one. they hurt your feelings <laughs> yeah. i understand uh detroit going into miami given two and a half i was thinking about this too yeah. you know detroit i think is better Miami with that overtime win last week. I think they're thinking they're the feeling. The Brockstar? No. No. You're not feeling the Brockstar? No, I am not at all. Osweiler is not good at football. Well, you know, he's he got a big contract. He's still not good at football. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I, again, Detroit coming off the bye. I like that. You yeah. know, they get that extra rest. And then the other game I took was um, 
you know, Washington minus two at Dallas. I think that's a, I'm sorry, at home uh, okay. against Dallas. You know, to me, that is a, that's a pick em game, home team minus two. Uh, I'll take that. So uh, that's my, that's my run up this week. Okay. So wait, do you have four or five picks? Oh, well, we have the Patriots too. Oh, okay. So okay. So your, your four other ones are good. Just New so. Orleans minus two and a half. Yeah. Carolina plus five. Detroit minus two and a half, and the Washington football team yeah. minus two. Okay. All right. Got you there. So, okay. So, no like-minded picks, which I, I enjoy this uh, when we have a little little parody here. Uh, so, we know we won't, won't be splitting games. You, know, yep. you, get, you get true defined winners on the week here. Uh, so, I am taking the New York Jets plus three and a half home dogs against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I, I'm tempted to pick them outright. A little little stat that I like to point out here. The AFC East, all-time against the AFC, the NFC North, has a winning record. Every team has a winning record against the NFC North. That's interesting. Yeah, so the Jets right now are like 9-8 and eight against the NFC North, and you know, dating back to when they started at the, the realignment in 2002 or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, and they're 8-0 and lifetime against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, what that means, I don't know. But, I don't know. <laughs> but the Jets have historically been a pretty bad team. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know what that means. Uh, I like but, the half point you're getting. The yeah. Three and a half. I like that half. Now, as a guy who rides streaks, that didn't impress you? I thought that was going to be some impressive yeah, numbers I, like, I was just throwing yeah, out there. Yeah, but I like current streaks. I don't, well, they're currently 8-0 and no lifetime yeah, against. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> but I'm, it to me, the historic streaks – I don't put as much in. It's more to me, how are they playing now as opposed okay. to like lifetime stuff. Well, the Jets but are coming off a victory. Yeah, they, they are. Two straight victories. Yeah. They might be good. Yeah. I don't know. They may have arrived they, earlier. They, that's the thing is I don't know. They might be good. Yeah, so there's a New York Jets plus three and a half. That's, that might be my stone cold lack of the week right there. Oh, I feel that strongly I, about I it. I looked at it and it came down to... I have a hard time picking the Jets. I know. Well, I have a little more invested interest there in my wins pool, so that I think that would okay, maybe give me that little extra push. I picked against Miami. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, my next pick, Cleveland, plus four at Tampa Bay. Now, Cleveland is 5-1 and one this year against, against the, the spread, spread, with their first loss coming in a pretty bad fashion against San Diego last week. Very good charges. Uh, that was the only game that I won, as a matter of fact, just in, in life, like in, in a little, little, you know. Uh, for entertainment purposes only, sure. money. Uh, that was the only game that I did well. And so Cleveland plus four at Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is going to be reeling a little bit. Cleveland defense, I believe in, and it's Baker magic. That's that's just what it comes down to. Baker magic. I I looked at that game really close, and you know I really like this Cleveland team. Scrappy bunch, but a scrappy little team. Yeah, but that Tampa team, man. I think they're reeling. They and might. I don't think I trust Jameis Winston under center. You said bad football player about Brock Osweiler. I, I agree. I don't. I don't trust Jameis Winston. But historically, I really don't trust the Cleveland Browns either. So I. Well, I thought you don't like historic streaks. Now you're just twisting yourself in a pretzel just, right now. I don't I, know I, which I way is left. How do I feel about certain teams? Yeah. And Cleveland. Every time I want to believe in them, they give me reason not to believe in them. Well, this is the year you got to believe. Believe land. Believe okay. land. I like them going forward the next two or three years. So Cleveland plus four, Tampa Bay. Next pick, Cincinnati, another team that's in my wins pool. Plus six on the road against a reeling Kansas City team. I love this pick. Going into Arrowhead, coming off a bounce-back win against they should have won against the Steelers. KC 
coming off a Patriots loss. Teams that lose against the Patriots take two or three weeks to get the hangover. Teams that, That's a curse right there. And I'm picking that exclusively because that's going up against you and I in the wins pool. That means a whole <laughs> lot to me to get a win and a loss to you at this point. I believe I'm four wins down for you in the office wins pool. So that's another reason there. A couple of high-scoring offenses. I'm not sure if Kansas City's defense can touch the speed of Cincinnati. You know, I Fear re- the Bengals. The Bengals are sneaky good. Joe Mixon has really come into his own, become one of the best running backs in the NFL. Kansas City, horrible at stopping the run. Yeah, and I think that that line should be at least two points lower. I think a lot of people are looking at Kansas City and what they've done this year, and they're buying in wholeheartedly, and they're short-selling a Cincinnati team that is very good at football. Um, Tyler Boyd. Turned into a nice little player. He is really coming yeah. on. I like that that Cincinnati team a lot. Where is that game? Is that in Kansas It's in City? Arrowhead. Yeah, so yeah. it's ballsy. It's yeah, a ballsy that kick. Is a t- but you know what? I don't hate it, Wes. I think that is – I didn't have the guts to go there. Yeah, well, I got no- – coming off an 0-4 in one week, I didn't really have much lower I could yeah, go. Yeah, that's true. You don't have a lot to lose there. Yeah, so I figure I'm going for broke this week. My I last still like pick- my win, though. I think Kansas City wins. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, listen, that wouldn't surprise me. I'm kind of going out on a limb here. You sure. Know? I'm standing, standing real thin against the wind. Um, but my last pick, Monday Night Football game, I believe. Uh, it's the Atlanta Falcons uh, minus 4.5 at home against the New York Giants which I think uh, that is not enough points. I think that's free money, if you ask me. Matt Ryan has been playing very well, very well recently. Yeah, it, that Giants team is very tough to uh, – That Giants team's awful. Not really tough at anything, actually. It, I take that uh, back. No, that, yeah. no, you're wrong there. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Yeah, okay, Saquon. That's fine. This is, this is the, the ultimate reason why it does not pay to take a running back top overall. You could have taken Baker Mayfield. You could have taken Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold. You take – Saquon Barkley, who has almost 200 yards from scrimmage last week on a Sunday night football game, and you can't do squat with it. Well, because he can't play. The That's other, what I mean. Yeah. You don't waste a high pick on him. He doesn't have that much of an impact on the game. I I don't disagree with you, but man, is he fun to watch? Oh, he's a good player. That's he nothing is. against him. I yeah. just you know, I just think that no football. You know, general manager wise, yeah. you are absolutely right. But man, do I like watching it. He, yeah, he's a heck of he's, a player. Don't get me wrong. I don't know what he's kind of. Emmett Smith meets Barry Sanders. Yeah, he's got these big old, you know, like tree trunk thighs. And yeah. like you say, you hear that term, it's kind of like a cliche. Like this guy literally has got redwoods for legs. He, like, it's he's crazy. an impressive specimen, and he does things with the football that are hard to duplicate. Unfortunately, he cannot throw the ball. No, he cannot. Neither can Eli Manning. And he also matter. cannot block. Yeah. Neither can that offensive no, line. So yeah, no, so he doesn't need blocking. He apparently. could probably block. He'd put him out there. He'd get low to the ground, low sure. center of gravity. But, yeah, no, I, I don't hate that pick. The only thing – I looked at that one, and I, I almost came down on the same way as you. My problem with that is that Atlanta's defense has been so bad yes. that I could see that game's got backdoor cover written all over it. Yeah, you know, that's uh, it's not a bad take. Um, I'm hoping that's not the case. But, yeah. you know, I can see that kind of happening. I, I'm not sure how much I really trust a Steve, Steve Sarkeesian uh, offense, although they, like I said, have been playing well as of late. Good for you, Devontae Freeman, out for the next at least eight weeks. Yes, I picked up Ito Smith on my fantasy team oh, for that reason. They, that, that could be a sneaky good pick there. Um, yeah, my running back team is – my running back tandem is a little thin after Kamara. Mine's pretty good. Too. Yeah. I oh, got good Melvin for you. Gordon. Oh, there you go. That's, that's a big difference. My, <laughs> my wide receiving core is great. This is my running back. I got James White. I got Chris Thompson, on Johnson. 
Uh, it's not bad guys. They're good. James White's been fantastic this year. He's yeah, been he's, a top 12 he's fantasy an RB1. running back. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, my receivers, on the other hand, if we're going to do this quick fantasy minute, uh, I got Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, uh, Kenny Galladay, and Robert Woods. Uh, that's not so that's, bad. That's loaded. That's Cooper loaded Cup's been field. hurting me lately. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, Robert Woods been picking up the slack for yeah, everyone. Yeah. I'm five and one, so I'm okay. Well, yeah, no, I'm four and two. I'm third in the league. I am highest point getter uh, against the toughest schedule. So that's that is a good that is a good start to the year. You yeah. and I are looking four and two though is tied for the league lead. So we have divisions. So that's we sort of like too. yeah. So it's it's tough. So if you're like your two losses are in your division, you're four and two, and the team above you is four and two, but they have one win. They have a half game on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, ah, that's it's not points. You know, the points doesn't do you much good. I lead the league. So well, there you go. You're in good shape. Most, most or you points, need to find a more competitive fantasy league. No, it's really competitive. It's just yeah. this year I've got a pretty good one. Yeah, there it is. Keeper in the 14th. Well, yeah, that, that works out pretty Th- well that there. That was pretty good. All right, so we're coming up on 57 minutes. Run down your picks for me one more time. Uh, Patriots minus three, and minus three, I guess you said. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans minus two and a half. Carolina plus five. Detroit minus two and a half. And the Washington football team minus two. All right, so we got I got the Patriots minus three. I got the Jets plus three and a half. I got Cleveland plus four. Got Cincinnati plus six. Points galore. Just give me all the points. You're taking Atlanta all the minus four and a half. All right, so that That's is it. a busy weekend with football. Yeah, make some money or lose some money if you're going with my picks. Uh, but either way, uh, enjoy this week of football. Uh, you know, we don't talk college football that much, but I'm sure you got a great slate of games Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So a whole lot of action there. Uh, and we'll we'll tune into you next week. Maybe we'll be t- be talking some World Series talk on top of it as well. Let's hope so. Yeah. Well, I think we will. We will, but hopefully I'll It'll be, be more positive talk. Then. Yeah, hopefully we'll, I'll have an experience to share. Well, there we go. And that, that as well. So uh, happy football, everyone. We'll tune into you or you tune into us. We'll, we'll bring it to you next week. What he said. Yeah. <laughs>